Welcome to the 16th episode of The Adoption Door. I'm your host, Andres, and this is a place where people email me their stories, and I read them here on the podcast. If you'd like to share your own story, you can do so by emailing me at theadoptiondoor at gmail.com. And if you're worried about privacy, no problem, because you can remain anonymous. I just simply won't use your name. Okay, now with that out of the way, Let's get into our first story, which is sent to us by Edmund in Philly. And he writes, I had always known that I was adopted. From a young age, my parents had been open and honest about the fact that I had come into their lives through adoption. I grew up in a loving and supportive environment, surrounded by parents who cared for me deeply. As I got older, the curiosity about my biological family started to bubble up within me. Questions like, where did I come from? And who do I look like? began to take root in my mind. When I reached my teenage years, the desire to learn more about my biological family became stronger. I started researching adoption stories, trying to understand the different ways that people had reconnected with their birth parents. I knew that my parents would support whatever decision I'd made, whether I choose to pursue a reunion or not. With their encouragement, I began my search. Through an adoption agency, I was able to obtain non-identifying information about my birth parents. I learned about their ages at the time of my birth, their ethnic backgrounds, and even a few hobbies they enjoyed. Armed with this information, I felt a mix of excitement as well as a bit of fear. It was like peering into a parallel universe where my life could have taken a different path. As I thought about reaching out to my birth parents, I couldn't help but feel a sense of loyalty to my adoptive parents. They were the ones who had raised me, who had been there for me for every milestone, every triumph, and every challenge. I knew that my decision to seek out my birth parents wasn't a rejection of them, but rather a quest for self-discovery. The moment came when I had decided whether to initiate contact. I reached out with my heartfelt letter to my birth mother through the agency, expressing my curiosity and gratitude for their life she had given me. Weeks turned into months, and I anxiously waited for a response. Finally, a letter arrived. My birth mother had received my message and was willing to connect. But as the possibility of a reunion grew nearer, unexpected emotions emerged. Fear, doubt, and even a guilt started to cloud my excitement. I realized that meeting my birth mother would not only be an exploration of my own identity, but also an encounter with her emotions, experiences, and choices. What if the meeting brought up complicated feelings for her? What if she had her own reasons for not being in touch? In the end, after much contemplation, I decided not to pursue a face-to-face meeting with my birth family. It wasn't an easy choice, but it felt like the right one for me at the time. I had come to understand that my identity was shaped by both my biological origins and the life I had built with my adoptive family. I didn't need to meet my birth family to validate my sense of self. Exploring the possibility of reconnecting with my biological family had been an emotional journey filled with introspection and growth. Through this experience, I gained a deeper appreciation for the family who had raised me and the complexities of identity. While I choose not to meet my birth family, the knowledge that they are out there, somewhere, added an intriguing layer to my life story, a chapter of self-discovery that I would always carry with me. Thank you, Edmund, and here is a story sent in by someone who wishes to remain anonymous. And they write, From as far back as I remember, the concept of a forever home seemed like a distant dream. 
My childhood was defined by a series of transitions, each one leading me to a new foster family, a new town, and a new set of challenges to navigate. My journey through the foster care system began when I was just a toddler. I don't recall much from those early days, but I can still conjure up faint memories of uncertainty and confusion. My first foster family was kind, but their home never quite felt like mine. I clung to my stuffed animals and a small photo of my birth parents, the only remnants of my past that I could hold on to. As the years passed, I moved from one foster home to another. Some families were loving and supportive, while others felt like a little more than temporary way stations. With each move, I learned to adapt quickly, to read the dynamics of the household, and to find my place within it. School became my refuge a place where I could focus on my studies and briefly escape the ever-shifting landscape of my personal life. Despite the challenges, I was determined to make the most of each situation. I discovered hidden strength within myself, resilience, empathy, and the ability to find beauty even in the midst of uncertainty. I also met other foster children along the way, each with their own struggles and stories. We formed a sort of makeshift family understanding each other in ways that no one else could. There were foster families that left lasting imprints on my heart. The couple who taught me how to bake cookies and ride a bike. The single mom who introduced me to classic literature and encouraged my love for writing. And the grandparents who showered me with unconditional love and stability for the first time in years. These relationships were fleeting, but their impact was profound. As I entered my teenage years, the prospect of aging out of the system loomed ahead. The thought of being on my own was both terrifying and liberating. I had learned to be self-reliant, to advocate for myself, and to navigate the complex web of bureaucracy that surrounded foster care. But the question of what came next was still a vast unknown. Just when I thought the cycle of foster homes might be my fate forever, an unexpected turn of events occurred. A couple who had been fostering children for years approached me with an offer that would change my life. They wanted to adopt me and provide the stability and permanence that I had craved for so long. It was a whirlwind of emotions, joy, skepticism, hope, all swirling within me. The process of adoption was both beautiful and challenging. It meant letting go of the identity that I had constructed for myself as a survivor of the foster care system and embracing the idea of a forever family. With time, I came to realize that my past didn't define me. It was a chapter of my life, but not the whole story. As I settled into my new home, I carried the lessons that I had learned from my journey through foster care. The empathy I developed for others facing adversity, the resilience that had carried me through the countless transitions, and the appreciation for small moments of stability that life had to offer. My experiences shaped my outlook on the world and fueled my desire to make a positive impact on the lives of others. Looking back on my tumultuous journey through foster care, I am reminded of the strength that comes from embracing change and finding hope in unexpected places. My story is one of resilience, growth, and transformative power of love. Proof even amidst the most challenging circumstances, the human spirit can rise above, adapt and thrive. Well, thank you for sending in that story. And now here's the third story from Jennifer. But as you will see, or hear to be more precise, this one is from the adoptive parent's perspective. 
and she writes, My name is Jennifer, and the 1980s were a time of change and shifting norms, and it was during this decade that my husband met and I embarked on a journey that would forever alter the course of our lives, adopting a child. The decision was both thrilling and daunting, as we navigated through the complexities of adoption during a time when attitudes towards non-biological families were still evolving. It began when we realized that our hearts were open to expanding our family through adoption. We had been married for several years, and while the idea of parenthood had always appealed to us, the path wasn't as straightforward as we initially thought. We researched adoption agencies, attended informal sessions, and sought advice from friends who had gone through the process themselves. In the mid-1980s, adoption was a different landscape compared to today. The Internet was non-existent, so our research was primarily done through books, pamphlets, and in-person meetings. We chose an adoption agency that specialized in a domestic adoption and began the application process. The paperwork was extensive, requiring personal essays, references, financial statements, and background checks. We opened our lives to scrutiny, all in the hopes of creating a loving home for a child who needed it. Our application was accepted. The waiting game began. The agency informed us that the process could take anywhere from several months to a few years. As we waited, we prepared ourselves mentally and emotionally for the possibility of welcoming a child into our lives. We decorated a nursery, reading parenting books, the waiting was a roller coaster of emotions. There were moments of excitement as we envisioned our family growing, but there were also times of doubt and anxiety. Would we be chosen by a birth mother? What if the child's birth parents changed their minds? These questions circled in our minds as we navigated the uncertainty of adoption in the 1980s. Finally, the call came. A birth mother had chosen us to be the adoptive parents of her child. We were overjoyed and humbled by her decision. In the months that followed, we built a connection with her, sharing letters and photos as we prepared for the day when our lives would intersect. It was a delicate dance of emotions as we wanted to honor her role in our child's life while also embracing our journey towards parenthood. In the summer of 1987, we received news that our child was born. We traveled to the hospital with a mixture of excitement and nervousness, unsure of what to expect. Meeting our daughter, Lexi, for the first time was a moment of profound emotion. She was a tiny bundle of potential, a beautiful reminder of the love and sacrifice that had brought her into our lives. The legal process of adoption followed, involving court hearings and paperwork to ensure that Lexi's place in our family was secure. In December of that year, we celebrated her first Christmas together as a family a poignant reminder of the new traditions that we were building and the love that abound us. Adoption in the 1980s meant navigating a landscape that was less familiar and often shrouded in secrecy. While societal attitudes towards adoption were changing, there was still a degree of stigma associated with non-biological families. We found support within our community and through adoption agency, connecting with other families who were creating their own unique paths to parenthood. Looking back on the transformative period in our lives, we are grateful for the chance to have welcomed Lexi into our family. The 1980s were a time of growth, both personally and as a society, and our journey through adoption was a testament to the power of love, resilience, and the courage to embrace the unknown. Lexi's presence in our lives enriched us beyond measure, and her place in our family 
remains a cherished chapter in our story. Well, thank you for sending in that story, Jennifer. And now here's a fourth and final story sent in from June. And she writes, Hi, I'm June, and I've always known that I was adopted. My parents told me from a very young age, and they always made sure I felt loved and valued. Growing up, I had a wonderful childhood filled with warmth and support. I never felt the need to search for my biological parents, as my adoptive family felt like my true family. However, as I entered my late twenties, a sense of curiosity started to creep in. I began to wonder about my origins, my biological heritage, and the people who had brought me into this world. My parents were incredibly understanding and supportive of my desire to learn more about my biological family. They assured me that they would stand by me no matter what I decided to do. After months of research, I finally found a lead, a name, a location, a glimmer of hope. I reached out to an adoption agency, and they were able to provide me with some limited information about my birth parents. It turned out that my birth mother's name was Rebecca, and she had given birth to me when she was just 18 years old. The agency informed me that she had managed to track down Rebecca, and she was willing to meet with me. I was overwhelmed with a mix of excitement and nervousness. Meeting my birth mother was something I had never imagined I would actually get to do. We exchanged letters for a few weeks, sharing our stories, our hopes, and our fears. Rebecca's words were filled with love and regret, and I felt a deep connection forming between us. Finally, the day came for us to meet in person. I flew to her city, heart-pounding with anticipation. We had agreed to meet in a small coffee house, and as I walked in, I saw her sitting there, looking just as nervous as I felt. We locked eyes, and in that moment, it felt like time stood still. We embraced, tears streaming down both our faces. Over the course of the next few hours, we talked and talked. We shared stories about our lives, our dreams. It was an emotional roller coaster, but it was also incredibly cathartic. I learned about my biological father, my half-siblings, and the life that could have been if circumstances had been different. As the day drew to a close, Rebecca took my hands in hers and said something that I will never forget. You are more than I could ever have hoped for, she whispered. Tears in her eyes, we promised to keep in touch, to continue building a relationship that had been decades in the making. But then, just as quickly as our newfound relationship had formed, it was shattered. A phone call came the next day, and it was Rebecca on the line. Her voice trembled, and she explained that she had spoken to her family to her husband and children. They were struggling with the reappearance of a long-lost child, and the toll it was taking on their lives was way too much to bear. She told me that as much as she wanted to continue our relationship, she had to prioritize the family she had now. I was devastated. It felt like a second loss, a second abandonment. The connection that had felt so strong was suddenly severed, and I was left with a profound emptiness. I understood her decision. I really did, but that didn't make pain any less acute. In the end, the story of the reunion that almost happened remains a bittersweet memory, a reminder that life doesn't always follow the narrative we hope for, and that sometimes even the most profound connections can be fleeting. But I hold on to the time we spent together, the stories we shared, and the love that briefly bloomed between a mother and a child against all odds.
Well, a very special thank you to all those who wrote in, allowing me the privilege of reading their story to all of you. After all, you are the backbone of this show. Well, once again, I'm your host, Andres, and if you'd like to share your story, just email me at theadoptiondoor at gmail.com. As always, whether you're watching this on YouTube, got a link for my Facebook page, or both under the same name, The Adoption Door, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a message. I would be very grateful, very much appreciate it. It really helps me out. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to episode 16. And we'll see you in the next episode, number 17. Until then, be good to yourself and be kind to others. Bye.